Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Going Rounds podcast. Mark is back to join in on the fun. What's up? How's it going? Thanks for having me back, brother. Fucking missing in action. <laughs> uh, hopefully, few and far between now. <laughs> nah, it's all good. I, I've been slacking, too. I haven't had anybody on. I, I Hey, to be honest, I actually forgot I was supposed to have Clark on this week. <laughs> he texted me earlier and was like, hey, are we still on for today? I'm all, oh, shit. <laughs> so oh well uh, it's all good i, I, I got it i got everything ready so and we're here yeah that's all that matters I, you know you weren't too drunk on uh saturday so maybe it was the weed <laughs> <laughs> well I, I mean honestly uh i i i remembered when you told me but like it was one of those cloudy moments i remember i think I, when we were saying <laughs> bye is when when i think i told you but uh, yeah i said let me know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit whatever those nights are always crazy you know we're letting the drinks flow i wasn't that i wasn't as messed up as i was last last ufc i oh my god i had a horrible hangover i think i think it was more the outcomes you were still in the shock yeah yeah for sure david fernandez in the chat what's going on brother what's up, david welcome in uh yeah so we got some uh some good stuff here to talk about because last week's ufc pay-per-view ufc 292 was pretty awesome uh i thought the fights were good you know we had some uh some surprise outcomes and some belt retaining and everything else so you know it was good fights all around i thought the card was good and then uh yeah i mean especially the main event the main event was was cool i i didn't expect all of that to happen but we'll get into that here in a few and we had the ultimate fighter Finale, you know, those two fights happened. They crowned the Ultimate Fighter winners in the Bantamweight and uh, Lightweight division. Yeah, uh, yep. for the Ultimate Fighter, so that's good. There's a lot to be said about that one. And then, uh, yeah, there was some co- uh, press conference that went absolutely insane for the Prime card, the KSI and uh, Logan Paul boxing, so we'll talk about some of that. And then, of course, we got the... Another pretty decent card this weekend with uh, Max Holloway versus the Korean Zombie, and that's going to be in Singapore. So that's a different start time. We'll go over all that too. But yeah, uh, it's good to have Clark back finally. And uh, you know, Patrick was the last guest, and it's been a while since that happened too. What's been going on with you? Uh, you know, it's just been a lot of work. You know, uh, my schedule is going to be changing here soon. I'm going to have Friday, Saturdays off coming in here shortly. So, uh, finally, ready to play a little bit more golf. <laughs> finally, I know I can't wait. <laughs> this loser's been backing out of everything. <laughs> I know uh, it's all but good. You got the family and you got, got work. Yep, exactly. Yeah, we, uh, what else do you need? And golf, you don't need anything else. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. I'm always busy. I don't have the kids anymore. The kids do their own thing now. So now I got this and I got work, which is always killing me. That's why I forgot that I was supposed to have you on this week. But <laughs> it's all good. This is this is fun, so it's worth it in the end. Absolutely. But yeah, Every let's uh let's have a good little cheers, get the drink cheers, started. Let's go. Let's get it started. We do have a lot to talk about, so I we'll know. get going on that uh, right away. Ultimate Fighter 31. If I press the button, <laughs> Ultimate <laughs> Fighter 31, the last fights happened on this past card on UFC 292. It's weird. I haven't had a, I haven't had anybody on, so I'm always used to the music starting when this happens. 
I don't have the background <laughs> music, so I'm like, where's the flow? <laughs> I don't know why it affected me this time, but I was waiting for the music. I'm like, ah, I'm always thinking I'm screwing <laughs> shit up. But yeah, the Ultimate no, Fighter finale this past weekend, uh, they had the fights that kicked off the prelim card for the pay-per-view. Uh, and, and everybody got to watch that free because, you know, you get to watch that on ESPN, ESPN+. Plus. So Team McGregor versus uh, Team Chandler. McGregor technically had one representative from his team, even though he was a defect from the other team. But he is part of McGregor's actual, like, real-life team. He's a training partner and everything like that. He's part of SBG. So it's legit, I think. But, yeah, we had Brad Katona versus... Uh, Cody Gibson, I'm like, I, I get the three other guys besides Brad Katona, I get all their names mixed up because they all look the same. Cody Gibson, Kurt Hullaba, <laughs> and Austin Hubbard, they just, I like, I could literally line them up and be like, I don't remember which one's which. <laughs> but yeah, Brad right. Katona, part of SBG, um, so he's, uh, he's part of McGregor's real team, and yeah, he, he did the damn thing this night because... This was a pretty exciting fight, and a lot of people were comparing it to Horace Griffin versus Stefan Bonner. I don't think it was that good. I don't think it was that crazy. I don't I don't think a lot can stand up to that kind of comparison whatsoever. That's just history Especially right Especially nowadays, but right. Yeah. You don't get fights like that from back in the day. But did you get to watch any of this or no? Yeah, I, I did watch this fight. This fight was really good. Uh, yeah. Definitely. I did see some news, too, and I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did they actually give cody gibson the a contract too I, I believe so yeah so that's pretty cool i mean yeah that's not something you see if i remember right uh if i remember right dana white said he was getting so much pressure from everybody to give all of these guys a contract and let them all back into the ufc because again if you didn't watch the season it was kind of like a vets versus rookies type season and uh um, connor had all the rookies and chandler had all the vets all the vets are previous, you know, previous UFC fighters that have gone other ways because you know they got let go and stuff. So they're coming back, kind of like a comeback season. And Brad Katona, coincidentally, won his season of the Ultimate Fighter before. He was the only previous Ultimate Fighter winner, and now he's a two-time Ultimate Fighter champion because he did win on this night. And there was a lot of action, big flying knees, um, lots of action back and forth. I mean, Cody Gibson you know, did some good shit too, but I think the highlights all came from Brad Katona. He he just tore shit up. So yeah. we'll see if he uh actually comes back to the UFC and does more with, with, you know, this second opportunity than he did the first time. He just kind of fizzled out that first time. I don't know what happened. Sometimes that yeah, happens you know, with I really, fighters. I don't remember him when he was his first winner. I don't remember much of him. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was quite a while back, and, you know, he hasn't been back into the UFC since then. He is a he is an exciting fighter. He's kind of a goofy dude and kind of an awkward guy. If you watch the show, you know that, because there was a lot of uh, controversy between him and Cody Gibson. Actually, Cody Gibson said in that last episode that he absolutely hated Katona, saying he was a pretentious little bitch and stuff like that. So, and he did, he did kind of make that case for himself uh, when he was talking to Chandler, when he was still on the team, talking about when his first fight, he was like wanting everybody to just put everything aside and not train with anybody else and only coach him. He's like, uh, Chandler was like, nah, bro, like we're a team. We got to fucking do this right. together. So 
he he's kind of he's a, he's a weird one, but he's a good he's a damn good fighter. So we'll see what he does with his second chance here in the UFC. Yeah, or, I get the aspect too, especially being that you know vets. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think he was hungry for you know wanting to be back in something that he truly loved. So it showed, but I think I think his attitude was definitely wrong in practice, and he should have had a better mindset going forward. And I don't think, honestly, even though he's from Conor McGregor and his squad, uh, I think he could have taken a little bit from Chandler, and I think his mindset totally uh, fucked him over, and he didn't even take anything out of it. Yeah, positive. from from the jump, he kind of acted stupid about the fact that he wasn't on Conor's team, but. Right. It didn't affect him much. He still came out there. He still performed, and he still got the. You know, it didn't. He didn't let it affect his overall game. So I got to give right. him props for that one. You know, to stay headstrong and do what you got to do, and go in there and make, you know, have a good fight, and and win. Like that's that's the most important thing. And I think they kind of dropped the ball here. They should have brought out or let him have a second trophy to kind of show that he's you know a two time Ultimate Fighter champ. I think it was kind yeah. of. A, a letdown that they didn't do that. I mean, they talked about it, obviously, but, you know, it would have been nice to have seen the pictures of him with both the trophies. You know, if you get a two-time champ in the UFC, you get two belts. Why don't you get right, two trophies, exactly. you know? but Yeah, and they get a new belt every time I hear, right? Every, every uh, fight? Not anymore. Not anymore. Now they do. Oh, okay. Now with the new belt, they used to, but now with the new belt, they get the rubies on the belt. And then they, mm. they get it engraved saying, like, uh, where it happened, what event it was, and, you know, the date and stuff, so. Okay. But, yeah, the second fight, which I thought was going to be the more crazy fight, was uh, Kurt Holoba versus, uh, or Holobo. It's a fucking weird last name. Um, I heard. I think it was Holobo. Holobo, yeah, against Austin Hubbard. And Holobo had a crazy fight against uh, Jason Knight. That was the best fight of the entire season. Like, I didn't even watch that whole episode. I just fast-forwarded to the fight because I kept seeing stuff about it. I missed it. Fast forward mm -hmm. to the fight. Watch the whole fight. It was insane. It was nuts. And they're fighting in the apex with very little people in there. So you heard every single punch. You heard the reactions from Jason Knight. It was it was pretty badass. But I think Jason Knight was way more down than uh, Austin Hubbard was as far as like to throw you know exchanges and and just throw caution to the wind and and get crazy in there. Uh, Jason Knight's a savage like that. But this was still a pretty decent fight. Yeah, I think didn't uh his nose too was pretty busted up, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then well, I mean, and it only went two rounds, you know, two minutes and uh like forty seconds into the second round. Um, Austin Hubbard, after you know, getting some good shots in there, winds up getting that submission by triangle choke. So at least he got the finish, you know. The uh Brad Katona, Cody Gibson fight was a unanimous decision win for Katona, but it was an exciting fight. You know, they had a great exchanges, good back and forth. And this one, Hubbard yeah, sure. just showed how much of a different level he's on compared to Austin Hubbard. So it was it was a good win for him. You know, he took home the trophy. He's the ultimate fighter, and now he gets to get back into the UFC and try to prove himself there against the real competition, which really, he, they are fighting the real competition because these guys are going to wind up being in the UFC again too, and they've been there before. So a lot of this... Is is what they're used to anyway. It just seemed like another fight on a fight night, or you know, on a on a prelim card. But I'm definitely interested to see uh, if any of these guys get a main card uh, pick right away. But I think they're gonna get some prelim fights 
before they get another opportunity like that. More than likely. Uh, am I mixing up guys or was Jason Knight in bare knuckle? Oh, he definitely was. He definitely was in bare knuckle for, I think he fought a couple times in bare knuckle. That's why I say he's a savage, man. He doesn't give a shit. He's one of those guys that's out there just for blood, basically. So if you watch his uh, his bare knuckle fights, they were pretty nasty. It was bloody and it was crazy. So him, I get, I do get him mixed up though with uh, the damage, which uh, he's got that tattoo on his chest. I can't even remember his name right now. But you're not wrong, David. There is another guy out there that kind of reminds me of Jason Knight, and I believe that they both fought in bare knuckle. So. Yeah, Jason I's definitely one of those guys though, and I think he can go back to BKFC uh if you know things don't work out in, in the UFC for him, which I don't I haven't heard of him getting a contract, so maybe he's on his way back there soon. But yeah, this was uh this was the end of end of the Ultimate Fighter season 31. I've been going over it every single week. Uh I may not have watched every single show, but I definitely watched every fight. And, uh, you know, now we have Dana White's Contender Series going on, which is going on on Tuesday nights as well. I haven't gone over every single one of those, but the first two first two weeks of that were bangers because every single fighter that fought and won got the contract. So there's five fights usually on uh, Tuesday nights, and every single fighter for the first two weeks got a contract. And then this past week, I believe that only three of the five got one, even though I think everybody got a finish in there. So Dana White's Contender Series is a little bit different, obviously, than the Ultimate Fighter. You don't have the drama of the house. You don't have the teams. You just have, like, basic fights, and they're going out there to impress everybody and hopefully get that contract. So if you're is into that watching, on ESPN Plus? Yeah, ESPN Plus. Same same, uh, same place, in, and I think, no, it's earlier. It, it's like 5, or 5 p.m. Uh, here in Arizona to watch that on ESPN Plus. So it gets started early. Uh, but you know, you can always catch all the highlights and stuff on social media, but yeah, there's that. Um, and then of course, uh, Connor decided he was the winner of the ultimate fighter <laughs> show completely, <laughs> even though every single guy that he trained like legitimately throughout the whole show. And I say trained loosely, um, <laughs> yeah, none of them made it, but, right. uh, the, one of the guys that won was actually on his team, represented or whatever. So he said, and just like that, Team McGregor and SBG Ireland wins the Ultimate Fighter. Excellent performance, Brad Katona. Now the champ champ of the Ultimate Fighter. Incredible. Team and gym full of double champions. And the reason why he decided that he won the Ultimate Fighter show is because in the end, you had two winners. One was from Team Chandler. One was from Team McGregor. So that's a tie. But then you, he went back to the coaches challenge, which he won. So he said, "Well, I won the coaches challenge, and I had one of the winners in in the finale. So that puts me up one, and I'm the winner of the whole show." <laughs> Just like <laughs> McGregor to put that kind of math together and decide that that's that's the way it went. I'm not surprised. I don't even understand that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's his uh that's his way of figuring it out. So you know, I guess we give Connor the the golf clap real quick and say, yeah, good job, I guess. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> this motherfucker just will real make subtle. up anything. Real subtle. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, I'll give him this. He he definitely puts up a, a, a good argument for what he's saying. If you didn't watch the show, then you might be like, oh, shit, McGregor won the show. Of course, he wins everything. 
No. Watch the show and you'll find out. <laughs> yeah, watch the show. He totally lost. You know, honestly, I think he fucked up too. He should have went and took a veteran uh, on his second pick because, you know, Chandler had the first pick. He would have picked a veteran. I think it could have been a little bit different. But Well, the thing is, is they 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 pushed the picks very fast. They made it go through fast and they told him, hey, in this weight class, which ones do you want, the prospects or the veterans? And Chandler yeah. picked, Chandler had the first pick, picked the vets. McGregor had the next pick, and yeah, he could have had a mixed-up team. He could have picked the vets from the other weight class, and instead he just decided to go with the prospects, and he fucked himself because he's not a coach. Yeah. He's not – I mean, he teaches right. some some decent stuff here and there, but he's not dedicated whatsoever. I don't know if uh-huh. you've seen any of the any of the stuff on social media, like tweet any of his tweets or Instagram or anything like that. He's actually, like, showing his son out of box. And like showing him striking and stuff, so that's kind of cool. I I appreciate the fact that he does that. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's it's kind of nice and you know it puts McGregor in a different light, you know. And he's he's a little tough on the kid too, but he's not like not in a bad way. Like it doesn't make you cringe or anything like that. Like almost everything else he does. <laughs> but it, yeah, he's it's, building a little bit of character. Yeah, it's cool to see, and and I I you know I commend him for that one at least when he is doing fatherly things they're they're good so it's nice to see that one even though it's the only thing that we've seen him do is fight oriented but you know whatever he's 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 a hell of a fighter so yeah i will say too when i watched some of the episodes uh i forget it was it was deeper into the season but they were doing that water bag drill um and where they were doing taking a it was a quick punch and then it was a follow-up with a one two and that that second hit was solid like and he watching him do that in his quickness it was pretty impressive i yeah i enjoyed it i enjoyed and, watching know, him practice the one time that he actually did something good for coaching was the one time the first win that he got with Desulia, i think the guy's name was uh-huh. and, and 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 they showed the footage of connor showing him the move that he actually won with now that's always coincidental because it's something, a part of someone's repertoire. You know, they just like, hey, this is just something I do. I train it, but it wasn't the main focus, and it wasn't what I thought I was going to end the fight with. Kind of like with Sugar Sean O'Malley with that with that win this past weekend. You know, they show him training that in just before the fight, even when he was warming up. So right. you can give him props for that, but you know, sometimes it's just one of those things that happens, and then it happens to be the way that he ends a fight. So either way. McGregor did some good here and there. I don't. I want to say overall aspect of this whole show was kind of in a negative light for him. I just want to see him fight in December. Hopefully that fight happens with Chandler, but I'm not yeah. holding my breath. Yeah, me either. Um, and we'll we'll actually touch on that here in a few as well. But uh, I do want to move on from this now that the Ultimate Fighter season 31 is over. Uh, we won't be covering that anymore, obviously. But uh, we got to go into UFC 292 because this was a hell of a card with the two title fights on the line. Uh, I should have bet too. Ah. I know, I know. I did, I, I did, I did put a bet in. I only bet like ten bucks. I did one of those like kind of uh, multi-leg parlays, and it got busted right away. I'm not good. I'm not good at betting. The thing is, is sometimes I'll just like see a few things and I'll be like, hey, this could be a good parlay. So I try it and I'll I'll only do it like once a month at the most. 
And sometimes it's not even that. So I'm not good at betting. But I did throw a bet yeah, down on this one, and it, it, it was not good. <laughs> I, I, I could have won money. I told Josh, too. I said, put your money on this. I said, do it. He didn't do it. He didn't do it either? No, that sucks. he didn't do it. He could have. It would have been some big money. If you would have picked uh, Jang and, or Zhang and uh, Sugar, and you had Sugar for the knockout, 50 bucks would have put you at 350 Damn. So you would have you would have had a good uh profit right there. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I always go for the crazy parlays with fucking yeah, where it's like it could get busted right away, or you could go all the way to the end and then be like, Oh my god, I hate my life. <laughs> That's why I don't bet that. That's why I don't bet that much because it hurts. It hurts too much. And it's not even that I'm betting a lot. I bet ten dollars. I don't give a fuck. I spend ten dollars on worse shit. You know what I mean? But right. like just the fact that I had that. I don't know. It was that possibility of winning. It was like, I'd like to win once in a while. And I never do. <laughs> I need to make better bets. I need to start <laughs> betting smaller and win a couple. And then, yeah, I just go. The first yeah. three fights were up in the air, though. I mean, they looked pretty good. But I mean, you had some struggle picking them because, I mean, you went with your gut and your gut is usually right, too, because you know these fighters pretty well. Yeah, it just didn't just didn't go the way you wanted it. I feel like MMA is like the hardest thing to bet on. but. Yeah, it can't who knows? Be. Yeah, those at the bottom, you know, those early prelims, uh, there were some decent names down there. Marina Moroz versus uh, Kareen Silva. Kareen Silva with the win submission in the first round. Uh, Andrea Lee versus Natalie Silva. Natalie Silva got the unanimous decision win. And then you had Gerald Mearshart versus Andre Petrosky, which I thought that that should have at least been in the regular prelims, but it wasn't. It did go to split decision. Uh, Petrosky with that win. And then uh, you moved on to those Ultimate Fighter fights that we just went over. So those were good fights. And then we get to the fucking fight that started my parlay and busted it right away. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the Chris Weidman versus Brad Tavares. So, you know, Chris Weidman broke his leg. It was a compound fracture. The bones actually came out of the skin. Uh, it was probably one of the worst fucking leg breaks that anybody's ever seen. They didn't even show it on camera because it was that bad. You know, those bones, those jagged, broken bones broke through the skin, through ligaments and and everything else. So he had a horrible time of trying to recover from all that. Uh, and that was when he fought, who did he fight? Uriah, uh, Uriah Hall. And it was the first kick of the fight. So it was like within seconds of starting that fight, he broke his leg. So, and he had like, uh, I think he had five surgeries overall because he kept oh, getting, okay. yeah, the break was not, it wasn't uh, healing correctly. And he kept getting, uh, what do you call it? Um, fuck, I forgot what I was to say. Uh, infections. He kept getting infections as well. So that's why he had so many surgeries. But he came back and, you know, he told Brad Tavares, he said, hey, let me have that one leg kick. Don't check it. Just let me get that one kick in there and let, you know, let it fly. And so I can get past it. Oh, he's all, I'll let you have one too. And then we'll get at it. I don't know. I don't remember if that happened. I don't remember the very beginning of the fight, but all I know is right away, Weidman did come out with a kick here to the body. That's a pretty nasty kick there, but he didn't do well overall. Did you watch this fight? Yeah, we watched this fight. It was, yeah. it was, it was good. It wasn't too, too much, but um you know what too i honestly with his leg break too 
I don't know if there was another nasty leg break, but when Silva and Connor broke both broke their legs, I don't know. That made me cringe. No, hard. so, so I can't even a, imagine. The reason why is because you actually got to see them like put put pressure on that leg and see it fold uh, for both of them. Mm-hmm. Like when Silva kicked, you actually watched his leg break and wrap around Weidman's leg when he when it happened, <laughs> right? So that right. was fucking gruesome. And then you watch them wheel him out and he's like screaming in agony. And then when Connor did it, it wasn't that bad the way Silva's was, but you did get to see him put his foot plant his foot or try to and it buckled and under him. Twist, yeah. yeah. So that that happened to Weidman except when he planted that back foot that broke or that back leg that broke, his bones came through his skin. And yeah, the cameras did not show any of that. So from what I understand, I Netflix was following him throughout the entire time. And they're, and they're doing a documentary. Or maybe it wasn't Netflix. I don't know who it was. But uh, they did a documentary following him throughout his entire recovery process and all that. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, but unfortunately, he did get the loss here. I mean, Tavares just did a lot of work and and made him made him look bad in his comeback fight. Now Tavares is you know Hawaiian, so he did have all that stuff that's going on in Hawaii on his head, and he came in you know with a purpose, wanting to fight and dedicate the fight for you know home islands and all that stuff and all the craziness going on over there. But uh. I was I was thinking this is Chris Weidman's time to come in and really, you know, just prove himself to be still a, a good fighter even after all the adversity, but it didn't happen. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think he's a great fighter and he has great technique, but I mean honestly, it's it's not the same. It's not no. the same, and honestly, the way the competitions are getting and how people are taking these fights seriously, uh, he's gonna have to rethink his strategy or retire well, and, and the problem is is that unfortunately he was not doing well before he broke his leg like he was kind of you know dropping down in the rankings he kept losing he wasn't doing yeah. well so then he gets the leg break and it's just a cherry on top you know and right right i think to, i honestly i think dana white did him a favor but uh it's not gonna carry well they they gave that. him a vet they gave him a vet that isn't there to like prove something you know, like a younger guy would be. They didn't give him some young animal that's out there just to wreck shit. They gave him a vet who's going to give him a good fight, somebody who has a record that isn't crazy good. And, you know, they, so I, I, I do give the UFC props for not feeding him to the wolves. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, Tavares is still a beast. He beat the shit out of those legs. You can see Weidman here with that look on it, you know, kind of screaming out in pain right there because everything was hurting him and his legs like were buckling for, under him. Uh, and he just couldn't, he just couldn't do shit, man. Like his legs are not, they're not good. (laughs) That's all I can really say. And so this makes you wonder, you know, Anderson Silva didn't come back and do well. You know, he came back and was just an average fighter at best. And Connor is still yet to come back from his leg break. So it's like, what's happening here is, is this something that really changes people? You know, Tyrone Spong. Broke his leg the same way in, in kickboxing. And he was a high-level, elite, upper-echelon fighter in kickboxing. Everybody was scared of him. He was a fucking beast. As soon as he broke his leg, he tried to come back and lost a couple fights and was like, I, I just can't do it anymore. And he's now he's strictly a boxer, which is 
still crazy because he's a fucking animal and he hits very hard. But those those kicks of his were fucking insane. They were scary. But once he broke his leg, it was not the same anymore. I think it's too like okay, you're they're, you're fighting and you're training all the time. You think you're indestructible, and then absolutely you break something or something goes wrong, and then your confidence goes through the roof. And honestly, I've I've seen it. I've broken my ankle uh, back in high school when I was wrestling and played football. Uh, you kind of start babying it, and you think about okay, if I do this good, is there that small chance that I could fuck myself up again? And I don't want to do that. And so yeah. it sticks with you. It's those little demons that just sit in the back. You're like, oh. You feel that little strain or that little tweak or that little yeah. pop. And you're like, oh, shit. Did I did I just do it again? Or is this right. on its way to doing it again? You know, you got to think these guys, you know, that's what happened to McGregor. He had, like, stress fractures in his shin already. And that's what led up to his leg fully breaking when, uh, uh, you know, after kicking and getting it checked. You know, you you shin to shin. Or shin to knee, that shit's not good. It's not good. And these guys, they build up a tolerance on their legs. But, you know, McGregor had those small stress fractures, and he was in pain already with his his shin. And then he goes into this fight, throws a kick, and breaks it. Like, fuck, man. I couldn't even do the training. I can't even do the training for that they do in the the way they they use that, that hard steel or cold steel, and they rub their bones endlessly trying to like numb the nerves fuck that and a lot of them a lot of them don't do that though a lot of them just build it up by by kicking shin to shin with people like and you know sparring and stuff they wear shin guards but then they'll take them off and and you know they'll build it up that way so there's different ways of doing it you know you see the thai guys that that kick the bamboo and all that shit like that that's nutty too and then they go for like solid tree trunks and you build up a tolerance and you build up a, a strength for those those bones, but you got to be a different type of person, man. I ain't that person. I know that for a fucking psycho. fact. Psycho. <laughs> you got to be it's a psycho. Dedication and and a little bit of psychotic. <laughs> okay, like... you call you call it dedication. <laughs> <laughs> oh my camera! You see that flash? I did see it. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. It's been doing that for the past couple weeks, uh, here and there, and it seems to be doing it more. But anyway, uh, in the end, unfortunately, uh-oh. It, oh, I forgot one. Ah, there we go. Well, that was because Weidman got kicked in the nuts a couple times, but they traded nut shots quite a few times. But Weidman was in pain all the way throughout the fight. If it wasn't his legs, he was getting kicked in the nuts. And in the <laughs> end, Dana said after the fight, he said in the press conference, he said, I love Chris Weidman. I love him. I love his family. I think he should retire. We talked to Dr. Davidson, who's like their famous doctor that they use for everything at the UFC. He thinks he blew his ACL or his MCL. He blew one of the CLs. The guy is just coming back from a gruesome injury. And listen, man, father time is not our friend at all. But definitely if you're a professional athlete, depending on the damage to the knee, you're talking another year or so. I would say, Chris, I love you. Please, please retire. So Dana White's calling for his retirement. Um, I I can understand that. I mean, I get it. Like he said, father time is not a friend to anybody, uh, especially when you are brutalizing your body that way. And if you're continuously right. getting hurt, you got to take a step back and you got to figure out what's happening. You got to 
kind of assess whether it's worth it anymore. You know, these guys have a lot of uh, a lot of will and determination, but sometimes your body just can't keep up with that. So yeah, I, it it is, and we'll I mean, what I happens. I don't like to say people should retire, but sometimes it's it's necessary. This might be one of those times, or it might just be that he came back too early. He didn't train like he should have. Maybe there's something else going on. Who knows? But it's sad to see Chris Weidman. I didn't like Chris Weidman at first because Anderson Silva is one of my favorite fighters, and he was definitely one of those guys that I, I didn't like because of how he beat Silva. But he grew on me. I like him. I think he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, so it's kind of sad to see him go out this way. He says he's not done. So I guess we'll see if the UFC wants to give him any more fights or kind of like force him into retirement. Maybe he'll get released and go fight somewhere else. I don't know. Definitely going to be yeah, out a while, though. Yeah, something without his legs. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the legs are definitely a problem. But moving on, we had Cheeto Vera versus uh, Pedro Munoz. And this was a decision for uh, Cheeto Vera. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I would say it was a decent fight. I feel like Cheeto did a lot of damage to Pedro Munoz, and Munoz was showing the damage. But I still feel like Cheeto, he's a slow starter. It takes him forever to get going. And sometimes I think he just needs to kick it into high gear right away and be a little more explosive. But, I mean, is that just me or... No, I liked Munoz. I mean, he was moving really quick, and uh, especially with uh, some of the jabs and throws he was going with uh he was connecting it just it just didn't show it really didn't show him Vera at all no. um especially at the end of the fight when you were looking at the two it looked like Vera barely got touched but you could see the stats that he was he was throwing his punches he was throwing them and I mean he was quick he was super quick but uh honestly uh Vera just got the better hand on it you know, all right there. Oh, I yeah. remember that face. <laughs> I, I think it, I think it was uh, just bet more significant strikes for Vera. You know, Pedro had his moments as well, but I just don't think he, I think he got a little bit overwhelmed by Cheeto, especially when he's throwing and landing, but yet it's not really, like you said, it's not showing on Cheeto very much. He didn't, he didn't, he looked like he just got done with a workout and not a fight because <laughs> he didn't show right. any damage on his face. And he looked calm as hell, like he could have gone a few more rounds. And Pedro just looked right. like, yeah, looked beat up. I mean, because of punches like this that were landing. So Cheeto definitely got the best of him and pretty much all around. And uh, there were there were some good combination trades though. I mean, they were there was a couple times, especially uh, I believe in the second round where they just kept going back and forth. And uh, Munoz definitely had uh, some opportunities. Yeah, a lot. I mean, there were some people calling for, you know, it being a lot closer fight than it seemed. You know, Vera got the win by unanimous decision, but a lot of people were saying, hey, you know, I saw it differently. I thought it could have been a split decision. I'm surprised nobody gave the fight to Munoz, but Cheeto's just, Cheeto's a dog, man, and he gets in there and fucking, he's impressive and he does his thing, and he needs an opponent that's going to come out and push him right away. And, and get on him right away. But they have to have the skill. I don't think Pedro Munoz had the skill to, to deal with and to jump on Cheeto like that. Right. As Vera, I don't know. I'll, let me look it up. Has Vera fought anybody really significant? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's his, I 
believe he beat he's beat Dominic Cruz, Rob Font, Frankie Edgar. Um he he beat Sean O'Malley back in the day who is oh, now shit. the champ. Yeah, that was in 2020. Even though Sean O'Malley will say he didn't beat him. <laughs> uh but I mean his losses are to big names like Corey Sanhagen. God, my camera is driving me crazy. Um and then he <laughs> lo he lost to Jose Aldo, Song Yudong. So I mean it's kind of a mix up, but most of his most of most of his wins are against decent fighters as well. He's just a slow starter and he and he al almost always goes to a decision. I mean, he goes to a decision a lot. Yeah. So that his most impressive win is probably against Dominic Cruz. He had that like grazing head kick. And it was I mean, it was exciting. It was that was cool. That was in twenty twenty two. And then his other fight before uh, after that was Corey Sanhagen, which he lost by split decision. So it's not like he it was a dom total domination by Sanhagen. Uh, but yeah, I mean he's he has some good wins on his record. Um I just don't think he can hang with like I don't think if he got a he may have a win over O'Malley, but O'Malley has definitely gotten way better since. And I think he's yeah, uh, definitely probably not the same fighter. For no, sure. not not at all. And only a couple years and he's already a champ, you know. I don't uh -huh. think that he's got what it takes to deal with O'Malley in in the in the the form that he's in right now. I think he needs to get in there with a, a, a few more guys that are up there in the rankings and kind of put a more impressive show on. And then I think he'll have a chance. So yeah, I'll be good. honestly, we'll, we're going to see a lot more fights come up too. I think this, not only this year, but especially the UFC talking about the UFC and what they've been doing and how amazing these cards have been. I mean, we're not getting quality every week, but we are getting at least two or three good fights um, consistently. And Dana White's going to have to top this 2024. It's just going to have to happen. Yeah, yeah, because there's been a lot of good, really good and crazy events going on this season or this season, this year. So you know, there's no fucking seasons like in this. Season. Nah. and and you know, there's very few breaks too. I mean, there, there's fights on every goddamn week. So and and including right, this yeah. weekend, you know, with the there's a big fight going on this weekend. Max Holloway, that's always a crazy fight and always a great fight. So, well, you know, yeah. obviously we'll go over that here in a little bit, but. Yeah, it's like every single weekend. Whether it's a, a halfway shitty card or just a really good one, there's always fights. And they take very right. few breaks. And and most of the cards coming up here soon uh, over the next couple months are going to be really, really good. The rest of the year is going to be really good. So <laughs> just yeah, strap in because we'll sure. have a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna, I do want to see what they're going to do for November, December, though. I want to see what's going to happen. Well, November, I think, is going to be... Uh, Adesanya? Yes. No, no, no. That's next month. That's September. Oh. Uh, November, I think, is going to be John Jones and Stipe. Oh. Yeah. And Madison Madison Square Garden, I think. Oh. But uh, I did want to go over this one real quick. Damon Blackshear versus uh, uh, Mario Batista. Just because Damon Blackshear was fighting for his second time in in a in a week, he was going for a, a second win in a matter of a week. He had fought the weekend before and was wound up being the only the third guy in the UFC history to get a twister submission. Uh, joining uh, Bryce Mitchell and and uh, the Korean Zombie actually, uh, for the only guys to get a twister submission in the UFC for a finish. 
So he was going for more history and trying to get two wins in a matter of a week, but unfortunately, he dropped a unanimous decision to Mario Batista. Batista looked pretty damn good, man. Um, I thought Blackshear was going to come out looking like a beast because he had just fought. He didn't take a lot of damage, and he was running on that high from uh, getting that twister. But yeah, he looked a little flat. There there was a lot of good strikes, too, from Batista, for sure. He had a great game going yeah. into this. He was quick, and, and he was throwing a lot of crazy shit that I didn't expect coming from him. He just looks like a good, well-rounded fighter, and, you know, he definitely needs a, a, a lot more fights, but I think he's uh, got some potential there. So I just thought For this sure. was interesting because of Blackshear, you know, fighting twice in a week, uh, especially getting that submission. I thought, shit, what if he comes in and gets a crazy knockout or gets another twister? That would be insane. I know. But, and that's props to him, too, because usually – they take so long to prep for fights and to be ready for what they're going to do and to not know who your opponent is and just jump right in. Let's say, all right, I got a week to prepare. Yeah. I mean, it, it could, it could work uh, for them or against them. It could be good for him because he could be like, Oh, I'm still, you know, I'm still nice and loose. I didn't jump into eating shitty and being lazy, you know, or it could yeah. be against him because it could be like, Hey, I'm tired. Uh, I haven't had a break. It was a long camp leading up to the last fight. And, you know, I had the fight, the adrenaline dump, and then I come back and I have to, you know, do it all over again in a very short period of time. So it could be good. It could be bad. I don't think it was necessarily bad for him. I just don't think it. I think he had an opponent that was a little bit too good for trying to be his second opponent in a week. And I don't think he had what it took to get that done. And it, and he didn't. So unfortunate. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was a it was a good try, I guess. <laughs> Hey, he he got there. He got there on the main card, so why not? You know what I mean. Yeah, he, he's, he still get make a little money, so. And he stepped in. You know, it was supposed to be Card Cody Garbrandt fighting uh, Batista, right. and so you know that's a, that's a bigger name fight there with Cody in in the mix of that card, and then for him to step in like he did, you know, big ups to him. I hope he got. Uh, Batista's coming from a five fight win streak. Yeah, I mean that would be why. That would be why he was fighting Cody Garbrandt, you know, getting that big name in there and and trying to boost his his uh his level up there to try to get higher in the rankings and or get into the rankings. So he he's definitely got that potential. I just don't know that Blackshear is one of those opponents that is uh gonna boost him a whole lot. If he would have done what he did to Blackshear to Cody Garbrandt, that would have definitely done a lot more for him. It would have been more impressive for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on though, we had this interesting ass fight: he and Gary <laughs> versus Neil Magny. Now, it Please was interesting. Please tell me you got beads for this. Please tell me you have some beads here. So, oh, no. some, uh, some some gifts. <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? I kind of gave up on the gifts for the fact that uh, I kept getting, I kept getting uh, copyright shit. So oh, I, okay. I, I'm sticking with just the still frame pictures. Um, oh shit, you went a little uh. Okay. Went a little frozen there. Okay, you're good. Um <laughs> No, I was like, oh shit, something's happening. But yeah, you froze up for a second, but you're good. No, yeah, yeah. I, I so I'm sticking to the okay, still good. pictures now because I keep getting the stupid copyrights and then I have to go back and do all kinds of shit, but it's all good. We we still just talking about it's good enough, I think. But yeah, the gifts would have been great for this one because 
Neil Magny was butt scooting like he had a piece of shit stuck on his ass and couldn't get it off. <laughs> he's oh like that God. dog, that dog that took a shit and there's a hair stuck in there. So, you know, he's dragging his ass everywhere. Magny would not get up off his ass. Now, I understand he was getting his legs kicked out from under him. It was bad. Like hit those scrawny ass legs. Yeah, those scrawny legs could not take the kicks of Ian Gary. But Ian Gary's a beast. And Neil Magny is coming in on short notice as well because Jeff Neal was supposed to be the actual opponent for this one. And uh, he had to bow out because of injury, I guess. And uh, Ian Gary was not happy about that one. That was not a fight, man, no. he said. No, I mean, no, it definitely was I knew there was a little shit-talking, too, because he even said, uh, wasn't it in the, the interviews or whatever they do before, that he was like, you're nothing to me or something? He said something along those lines where he was just like, this is not a worth it fight for me. <laughs> so Neil Magny actually said some shit like, um, I'm used to handing out ass whoopings like this. When you're a father, you got to ha hand out ass whoopings like this all the time. <laughs> so Ian Gary took that as, uh, as he beats his kids, basically. And I think what Neil Magny was trying to say was, this is like beating, this is like if I was giving my kid an ass whooping, is what he was trying to say. I just don't think, he's not a good shit talker. I don't think he knew how to say it. So, right. uh, so he, he fucking messed his words up there. And Ian Gary was a straight snowflake on this one, was just so offended by this, saying, of course, I agree. You shouldn't be beating your kids like you're going to beat some dude in the octagon. I get it. But I don't think, I think he took it too far. He went a little crazy yeah, with it. Yeah, and he did. It's just, it was a little nutty. Um, So he was, he had a personal vendetta against Magny saying he was going to kick the shit out of him. And in the end, I mean, he did. <laughs> he definitely kicked his ass. Um, I feel like he should have finished him, though. Like, that would have been the exclamation mark on the whole thing is to finish that fight. That would have made, like Manny said in the chat, he said that was not a fight. I'm like, that would have been a fight if he would have knocked him the fuck out. People might have not have talked about it as not being a great fight because Ian Gary looked very impressive and he looked like he made Neil Magny look like a rookie. And that's not easy to do against Neil Magny, but Magny just couldn't couldn't put put up an offense against him. I don't know. It, it looked bad all the way around. Yeah, it was it was it was brutal. Those leg kicks definitely added up, especially in the third round. Um, he couldn't even he could he was on the fence and he kept tripping up. He was just like what oh, I, I I can't defend this, and they go to the ground, do the scoot, and then no, he's like, come here, get yep. your ass back up, get up here. Yeah, I mean, it just the leg kicks were, were horrendous. I, it looked like Neil Magny's legs were going to snap in half, which, I mean, it, it could happen. <laughs> but, you right. know, he was trying to For defend sure. it. He wasn't doing well with checking it. Even when he checked it, he was all over the place, getting kicked to the ground. Right here, this is like, like you were saying, up against the cage. Gets his leg kicked out from under him, and he falls down, winds up on his butt, and he's butt scooting across the damn cage again. <laughs> It was it was yeah. bad. It was bad. And uh all you know, all Ian kept doing was backing up, saying, Hey, get the fuck up, stop scooting your yeah. ass on the ground, and let's fight. But he knew what he was doing. I mean, he knew he was punishing yeah. him. He knew that And it's good too, because some people will take that bait. They yeah. will take that bait. They're like, Oh, I can my ground game is better than you. Okay, let's go. Well, the very first time <laughs> the very first time Magni did it, he actually jumped down there with him and you know, he was trying to do some ground and pound, but then he smartened up and backed away right kept telling him to get up but yeah there was that uh 
there was that personal vendetta going on, and Ian Gary <laughs> kept flipping him <laughs> off in between oh, rounds. Flipped, remember, remember, it was in the face first. He flicked him right in the face. No, that was that was the end of the fight. So that was this one right here. Oh, at right, the, at okay. the end of the fight is when he he let him up and he fucking flipped him off, but he pushed his head with with his hand. It was so bad. And then Magni actually is like smacked him back. And uh, right. I know I remember that being the end of the fight because the, the ref got in between them and was talking to Gary like, hey, can't be doing that shit. Uh, but it was the end of the fight anyway. And he already won. I mean, there was no way in hell anybody could say that Ian Gary did not win that fight. It wasn't even close. Right. And like Manny said, it wasn't really even a fight. Uh, but I still <laughs> feel like Ian Gary was trying to get him out of there. I feel like he he fell short. He couldn't like. No matter how much he was beating him up, he couldn't get him out of there. And I, I think that's a testament to how tough Neil Magny is and the fact that he stayed in there and didn't, like, ask to be done, you know, or, like, verbally tap or tap to strikes. He didn't do any of that. He stayed in there, and he proved himself to be tough even though he didn't look good all the way around. Yeah, I, w- I, wanna, I definitely want to see Magny fight somebody, too, especially with someone who doesn't get that short notice and has time to prepare. I definitely want to keep watching him for sure. Yeah, I mean, he he he's fought a lot of people, a lot of big names, you know, and and he's lost some and won some, but you know, he he's a damn good fighter. It's not like he's a scrub. It's just on short notice against a, a young, hungry guy like Ian Gary, who's been who's undefeated, by the way, uh, and that continued on this night. So now he is thirteen and zero, and in the UFC, one, two, three, four, five, six and zero in the UFC. So still undefeated. Everyone's calling him possibly the next Conor McGregor, but <laughs> I don't know about that. He's got know. a lot. He's got a long ways to go before he gets there, but he tries to talk like Conor. He does talk a big game, and he is Irish like Conor. He has the same kind of accent, and you know he's he's definitely well rounded. So I feel too. If they were in Boston, they wouldn't have done the ole 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 for him because. Honestly, they did that way premature in the, the second round. They started doing that. You're saying if they weren't in Boston? Yeah, if yeah. they weren't in Boston, he wouldn't have got that reaction. I don't know, though. I mean, he's pretty popular. Like, a lot of people like him, and, you know, all those Irish fans, they're they're diehard. And if they know that, you know. But he's not Irish like McGregor was Irish. Like, he, McGregor stayed in, in Ireland and, and trained there and, and still, go, still lives there, you know. Ian Gary mm-hmm. moved away. and. He wound up in Brazil, in in the U.S., and all kinds of other. I don't even know exactly where he lives, but he married. Uh, his wife is Brazilian, so he spent a lot of time in Brazil. That's why he, they they say Ian Machado Gary because he took his wife's name as like a hyphen because uh, she's part of the Machado family, which is uh, you know kind of like the Gracies, long lineage of good Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners. So he's proud yeah, of that name and. Yeah, so he took that name. That's why every, you'll hear people saying Ian Machado Gary. Kind of weird, but uh, kind of cool at the same time, I guess. So, yeah, that was uh, not a fight, but a fight. Craziness, uh, drama. And then we move on to not so much drama, but a damn good fight with uh, Zhang Weili. I kept saying Weili Zhang because that's the way they said it in the beginning. I guess somebody corrected the UFC and said, no, actually, Zhang Weili, that's how you say it. From where she's from in China or whatnot, but uh, yeah, I still used to saying it the other way. But yeah, she definitely put in work for sure. 
Amanda Lamos did not seem like uh, she knew what the fuck to do. <laughs> she in the first round, she Lamos put a really good effort into it, and I remember she put in that choke, and she stood up and put Zang in that choke, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> yeah, no, she got the choke. That, in, like, dangerous. She got yeah. the choke in tw- uh, two different occasions, I believe, and. Uh, yeah. But Whaley Zhang, man, she is fucking good. Like, the only person that can beat her is Rose Namajunas, and we're not going to see that fight again because Rose just moved up in weight to 125, I believe. But uh-huh. Whaley Zhang, she's a little beast. Like, I, I remember, I think, was it you I was talking to that night or something? But I was telling somebody about the fact that there was, she was on Instagram with Francis Ngannou, who weighed, he said at the moment he weighed like 270-something, and or no, 290, 290, I think he said he weighed. And she picked it. She like single leg picked him up and all the way up. Oh, like, God. like it was nothing. She wasn't even struggling. Like she's fucking <laughs> strong as shit. And she's 115 <laughs> pounds. Like that's so crazy. Uh, but yeah, she's, ex- she's explosive and she's got, she's got some muscle. I mean, you can see the definition in her arms just in this picture. Uh, For sure. But yeah, she had, I mean, she's got some crazy takedowns too. Lamos is like that hair. I don't know about that hair. Cause it makes everything look bad. Like every she always looks like she's getting like hit so fucking hard. Everything that happens. And like put some hair gel in or something. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like uh what's that fucking cartoon network? Uh Johnny whatever. Johnny Bravo. <laughs> it does too. <laughs> um Whaley Zang though. Uh, she she was like you know she was all over the place. She was on top of her on the ground. She was beating her on the feet, kicks, punches, everything. Uh, she did get caught like you were talking about though a couple times in a submission, like a yep. kind of like a inverted like darce or guillotine or something. But uh, Lamos kept going for that, especially when she almost got it in the first round. It was pretty tight it in the first insane. round. Yeah, yeah. The, the second time she did it. It wasn't as tight. It didn't get as tight, but it was it was still a threat. I mean, but um for sure. Zhang was able to just kind of, you know, get her way out of there and transition out of it. But in the end she got the win. Look at those stats. Two hundred and eighty eight total strikes to Amanda Lamos is twenty one. She had one this, knockdown. This, this does remind me of Nunez's last fight too. Yeah. Because it was almost the exact same. Yeah, six takedowns landed and fo- over 14 minutes of ground control. So, I mean, and Amanda Lamos had zero knockdowns, zero takedowns, and zero, zero time uh, for ground control. Like, that's total fucking domination. For sure. Zhang's kick, that, that, she did that, it was like a, a roundhouse to the stomach. And I tell you what, that thing was Spinning nasty. back kick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just dug into nasty. her gut. It was, it was bad. But she's good at those kind of kicks, you know, those spinning, spinning attacks. Uh, you know, she's just good at everything. It's insane. Um, I'm just wondering who's gonna be able to beat her. Like, I think Tatiana Suarez is on her way up, and I think if she gets like one, I think she only needs like one more good fight, but maybe two at the most. And I think she's up there and could possibly, you know, beat Bailey. But it's it's gonna be tough because she's strong as fuck. But Tatiana Suarez is strong too. She's a great wrestler. She's a great grappler. Um, she fucking chokes everybody out, and she's got good striking too. So 
If she could get Zhang to the ground, I think she could beat her for sure. Yeah. It'll be but, interesting to see, but it's going to be hard. She's going to be hard to beat regardless. Yeah. I mean, not too many, there's not too many threats out there for her right now. No. Now, now since we're on the, the topic of women fighters, I just have a question. I don't know if it's true. I've seen rumors and I don't, I don't believe rumors as much as more because um, it comes from the way I see them is because they come up on Facebook now with all these like, Oh, suggested uh, shit. But is Ronda Rousey coming back? No. Is this true? No. Okay. Actually, Thank Dana. God. I mean, you can't always. You can't always. Uh, you can't always believe what Dana White says either, because Dana White said women will never fight in the UFC, and then Ronda Rousey came around, and here we are. Right. So, yeah. you know, you can't always no, believe what he said, but he definitely shot down uh, questions about Ronda saying that no, it's never going to happen. She's done. She's done with fighting. I don't think she should come back either. I think the way she went out. And the fact that she was so bad at taking those losses, I don't think she's she could ever come back and 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 get over that mental like hump that she that she hit and and be able to get a, yeah. a good win. I don't think it's possible. Not to mention no, she's be, older now. Really hard. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know WWE's fake. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, there's still athletes. You know, they still do a lot of training and they still do you know, get a lot of bumps and stuff, but it's nothing right. like fighting. Uh, a lot of people say their, their schedule is just so crazy, but she's not doing that. She's not out there fighting all of the crazy, uh, all of the nights of, of, of wrestling. She's not doing everything. She's just out there doing the big events. So right. who knows what her training would be like? Who knows? I don't even think that she could have her team come back together and be what it was before. I think once she got knocked out by Holly Holm, it was over. She she right. thought she was untouchable, and then she got touched, and then she came back against Amanda Nunes and got fucking destroyed. So walloped, go, walloped. Yeah, <laughs> you go down twice like that, especially after being on top for so long. I, that's even if she could come back physically and 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 compete, I don't think mentally she'd be able to. She's yeah, kind of sure. a mental midget when it comes to that. You saw how she took <laughs> any fucking losses. Even in the Ultimate Fighter, if you watch the season of her with, against Misha Tate on the Ultimate Fighter, she was such a sore loser. She's so bad at losing. It's not. It's <laughs> not even. It's not even entertaining. Like, yeah, you want to see her lose if you didn't like her, and then you're like, "Oh, this is right. gross too." <laughs> like, just go away. <laughs> just so, it, it reminds me of Forrest Griffin when he lost to Silva and he ran out of the. Oh the yeah. Arena. Yeah. Do that. Just run. <laughs> Yeah, I think Forrest yeah. had other reasons for that. He wasn't like <laughs> Ronda, but yeah, it's a good example. Right. And then, um, I mean, I, it's just one of those things. I think Ronda is just, she's just a sore loser. That's all there is to it. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. But I respect the hell out of her. She is a pioneer. She is the the first woman to be, you know, to come into the UFC. You know, she made all that history. She had a great run, a great title run. And she held the belt for so long and, and defended it for so long. You know, a lot of girls uh, can, you know, kind of uh, thank, have a lot to thank her for. But, and she brought the UFC to another level of success. But uh, in the end, you know, that attitude and the way she went out and the way, you know, the way things went down is not a good look for her. And I think uh, instead of making it worse, she should just leave it alone. Yeah, I mean, honestly, she she was a pioneer for sure, as far as you know, women. And now that we're getting these fighters, 
Zhang is just a, a testament to that because who knows if it wasn't for Ronda Rousey, would Zhang be here today? You know? Yeah, not in the UFC at least. Because uh, I mean, right. there was other other organizations that that had women and that had good women fighting for championships and everything else. But to be in the UFC is a whole different level and a whole different you know level of exposure. So who knows if it wasn't for Ronda, who knows if women would have ever been in the UFC. For so, sure. I mean, you got to thank her for that and you got to respect her for that. But the way she left uh, leaves a lot to a lot to the imagination as to what would happen if she came back. And it's probably <laughs> best if she doesn't. <laughs> it is best. It is best. Yeah. There's no money for it. <laughs> but yeah, let's get to this main event. Took a shot on Mally versus Aljamain Sterling. Now, this didn't go on for long. I mean, we were 51 seconds into the second round when we got a finish from Sugar Sean and he got that win. But a lot led up to that, you know. In the first round, they were going back and forth. Aljamain didn't look bad, but I mean, Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley, he didn't look like he was going to beat him that quickly either, but he was landing a lot of stuff. And and he looked like a, a definitely a good opponent for Aljamain. Yeah, it looked it looked really good. It, honestly, the fight was really good. Sterling did really good. He kept the, he kept the pressure. Uh, you had Sugar come in, and he was just like, you know, staying with his plan. You know, definitely he got tapped a couple times in the face, um, but he battled hard. He kept his distance and kind of just looked for his opportunities. And the most I liked, important, I liked the first round too. That was yeah. nice. The most important thing is he didn't get taken down. He showed really good takedown right. defense in that first round because Aljamain was coming after him because he said, uh, you know, if if any if I do anything, it's not letting him take me down. And then after that is not letting him get my back. He's like, he cannot right. get me to the ground and he cannot take my back because that's where Aljamain is the, the strongest at. That's, that's what he's best at. But, yeah, and Sugar Sugar had that slip too uh, in the first round, which you know caused him a little be like, oh, I got to get up out of this, and he did really good as far as defense goes and getting out of it right away. Yeah, and I think if they credited Aljamain with any takedowns, it might have been one, and and it might have been that one, and and pretty much like you said, Sean got up quickly, so th- there was a lot learned there uh, that Sean O'Malley has good takedown defense, so. It's good for him in the future because he's got he's got people like uh Peter Yan who he's beat, but you know, uh he's got him that, that might be coming up. Marab, Marab Devalishwili, which is uh Aljamain Sterling's uh teammate. That's that's You're another guy. Him, yeah. yeah, that's another guy who is right there ready to maybe fight for that belt too. And he's a crazy grappler and wrestler. So if Sean has good that good a takedown defense. I mean, it's good for him. That shows promise for what he's got coming up. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely. It's. It's put a target on Sugar for sure. But he's gonna have to just, you know, battle through it, and it's gonna show. It's gonna be a testament to why he's the champion. Honestly, I had a lot of confidence with him going into this fight. I know I was talking to you and Josh about it. Um, he's. He's hyped. Even. Even we talked. To, I remember you. Were, uh, that post. You. You should have put it on the fucking chat. That post with. Uh, Eric, he or not Eric, um, Patrick on Facebook. He said, you know, he likes the guy. He just can't give him. He can't get on the oh, sugar yeah. bandwagon. Yeah, and you know, it, there's nothing about him. You can't say nothing really bad about him. You just don't want to be on that wagon. 
Right. And, you know, I like Sean because not only does he live and train here. I mean, obviously, he's not from here, from what I understand. I guess he's from Montana. But he does live and train in Arizona. So mm -hmm. him being a part of that squad and, and the fact that, I mean, he's a smoker. He, he uh, fucking Snoop Dogg, like, backed him when he was on that contender series. Oh, yeah. Uh, but just, a, I think what throws people off is the 6'9", the Takashi 6'9 bullshit, the, the stupid Afro circus hair, you know? <laughs> like, every time I see, like, him at the press conference, legit, I, all, I could, all I could hear in my head was, Afro circus, Afro circus. <laughs> That's all I heard in my head because his hair is, it looks better when it's in braids, but you know, he's always repping the pink. A lot of guys, a lot of guys don't like that. I don't mind looking at my fucking lights. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't mind it at all. Like, it's not like my favorite thing to wear, but I actually wear hats right. that have pink on it. I can wear shirts that I don't care about that. But you know he reps it so. You're pretty crazy. Uh, I like. Are you wearing one of those shirts right now? Nah, not really. I'm wearing. A, oh, okay. Well, kinda. Yeah, oh, fucking, yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, see, so you, so you wear the shirts. It has the pink in it, but it's not yeah. all pink. No, no, no. <laughs> I do have a couple. that have a lot of pink, but you know, I got a Braves hat that has the pink. A, I like that. It's one of my favorite hats too. So it's nothing about the pink stuff, but he reps it so hard, and and his hair is right. just so crazy. You know, he's got the face tattoos. He's a scrawny dude too, so he kind of looks like. Unfortunately, he kind of looks like a meth head with the crazy hair and the <laughs> tattoos on his face. He's so skinny and scrawny. But then he's he's rolling a pink Lambo like he's like fuck everybody I got a pink Lambo rolling around in Arizona with a pink Lambo, but you know yeah, he's the shit and and yeah Joshua Beck in the chat said his style I mean honestly his style is what he's got he's made yeah. a name for it for sure I mean his fighting style is great his uh his personal uh dress and appearance style not so much but you know. <laughs> A, a, but it pisses people off, and then you know they talk about it. So that I and mean, he it's connects. A win -win. He, he's a younger guy himself, and he connects with the younger crowd, and that's the biggest thing, you know. He definitely connects. Like my 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 both my daughters like him. You know, Trent's a diehard Sugar Sean fan, and uh, mm -hmm. you know everything he represents, like they like it, and it is it is what it is. I don't I don't mind the guy. He's not my favorite fighter, but I respect what he did. Only real men wears pink shirts, <laughs> Manny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I do got one pink shirt, and it's just for golf. So let's let's keep it like that. <laughs> uh, I mean, Sean uh, Sean's twenty eight, so he's still in his twenties. But like I said, he just yeah. he resonates with that with that younger crowd, you know. And and if you ever watch his podcast, go you should go check it out. The Tim and Sugar Show. Um, it's I, I didn't his, even know you had a podcast. Yeah, like the the very first one they came back after he won. They're doing the the fucking um, what's it called? The volcano fucking bag of of weed. Like it's a whole bag of weed. It looks like a fucking balloon, and you just like squeeze it, and they put their mouth on it. They squeeze it and just get a whole fucking puff of weed. It's almost like oh. a high, like a um, what do they call it? Like a hydro bong or something. But I, I don't even know what it is. All I know is Rogan used to do it on his show back in the day, too. But, yeah, they're doing that, and he's fucking laughing like a weirdo. It, 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 he's like a joker. He's like the joker. That's what it is. <laughs> but he's not that evil. You know what I mean? But it's like he's he's like the joker. It's funny. I don't know. A lot of people don't like him. I thought I think he's cool. I, I like the fact that he, he made his way up from Dana White's Contender Series. He only has one loss on his record. He he would tell you he's undefeated. I don't like that so much. I think he goes way too hard in the paint. 
with the denial of the the loss, but yeah, you, know. you gotta you gotta take your losses and at least learn from them. Yeah, and instead of denying that you even lost, he got hurt in that fight. You know, he hurt his ankle or something like that, but still, he lost. So it is what it is. But here's right. some of the follow up sequences on the ground. You know, he got those big hammer fists in there. Uh, Eljo didn't look like he was super hurt, but at the same time. He's okay, and I don't wear pink, LOL, but I love to fight. <laughs> Josh Beck. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, you, you would have never caught me wearing pink like a few years ago, but I, I started wearing shirts that have pink and stuff on it. I don't I don't really care. It's not, I mean, I, mean, I wear backgrounds pink, so. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, I'll rep the, I would have never done this like back in the day, so it's all it's all good i don't know i like i I like i don't mind it now it's not a big deal to me you know what i mean like i would never have my hair pink so (laughs) what hair (laughs) i got a little bit i got a little bit i'm not balding i just keep my hair short (laughs) but yeah you know Sherman came came back with the uh the ground and pound you know this was kind of in the finish here and then everybody was comparing this fight to the uh mcgregor versus eldo fight just because of the kind oh, of ending trippy. sequence. Yeah. That's so crazy to see it side by side. Oh, that's trippy. The only difference is, you know, uh, Sean O'Malley did it with the right and, and McGregor did it with the left. Now, McGregor's mm-hmm. was like a six-second knockout or some shit like that, too. And O'Malley did it in, what, 25 seconds of the second round? Um, so, you know, it went to the second round, whatever. But, it, I mean, it's it's pretty hard to not compare that. And the only other big difference is that Jose Aldo was out cold. Uh, Eljamain Sterling right. was, you know, not even out completely. So he's still, and, he's still trying to defend himself. Uh, the reach, the reach. I knew that reach would be tremendously uh, hard. And even you know, Sterling talked about it. Uh, especially, he said, "I tried to mimic as best I can, you know, Sean O'Malley's reach, and you know, it just showed it wasn't enough." Right. But also, how do you? can you find somebody that has that type of experience and drive that has that type of reach? Cause that reach is dangerous. It is really dangerous. Not to mention, you know, his fighting style is kind of unique as well. He does. He's not like a normal fighter. You know, he does have that length. Yeah. He is lanky, but at the same time, it's his angles. It's, it's the way that he strikes. It's different. And a lot of people feel that way about a lot of other fighters. Like wonder boy Thompson is hard to train for because mm-hmm. he's got those kind of, Kind of strikes and stuff, so it's it's different, man. Eljo maybe didn't prepare. Maybe I think I think he underestimated him, and he said it himself that he did a little bit. He underestimated the striking. Um, he didn't prepare properly for it. But I I also feel like there's no good way to prepare for Sean O'Malley. Um, and and he's gonna meet his match. You know, Cheeto Vera gave him gave him a fight and and beat him, and and stopped him even. But you know there was the injury involved in all that. So either way. I think Suga is a star. He's a superstar right now. And and the way that he came out, if you if you watched his walkout, and if you haven't, go check it out. It's actually pretty dope. Uh his walkout, he walked out to Superstar by Lupe Fiasco, which is, you know, kind of an older song now, but that's one of those mm-hmm. songs that I like a lot. Like that song stuck yep. with me when I first heard it. And it was one of my favorite songs when it first came out. But that was a dope ass walkout. You know, he he was already a star, and now he's just a fucking superstar. He's a giant, and and a lot of people gravitated towards him. He got a lot of followers. He's a he's a streamer. He he likes to game online and and streams on Twitch and shit like that. I believe that's what I mean by he resonates with all the younger crowd too. And you know, all those people 
on on social media and stuff like that it, it brings a big following a big fan base and he's just going to keep rising from this point on and he's good at taking losses when he when he when he fought peter yawn and it was a split decision he himself didn't even know for sure if he won that fight and he said it out loud he said that you know he wasn't sure that he really won but he's you know he's a good loser except for that cheeto vera one <laughs> that one's a little <laughs> bit different but you know, it was cool to see him celebrate, uh, especially the way that he reacts to everything. He's just different, man. He's a different kind of dude. And this is probably the happiest you saw him throughout the whole thing is when he's getting that belt wrapped around him. Otherwise, he was kind of a like a very calm demeanor, which is a little weird. Now, I, I do have a question because he went. You remember he went to the outside of the ring and he, you know, he stood there. He had his arms out. Who was the guy in the gray suit that he was talking to? It was that I don't was know. weird. I didn't I didn't understand that part. It had to I was have like, been it, it had to have been some some kind of business partner of some sort. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because yeah. they, they chatted for like a good, you know, a few seconds, you know, it's as one, much as you can. It's probably one of those things where hey, hey, this shit's trending very high. Keep it up, keep it going. <laughs> 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 but hey, he like for I sure. said, he's a fucking superstar because he, you know, he on on the canvas is the UFC was pushing the shit out of him on the canvas. He, his name was on the canvas because he's sponsored by Sweet Sweat, and it said Sweet oh, Sweat right. yeah, yeah. X Sugar, which is like his version of of Sweet Sweat. And and the UFC's got that on the fucking. It's it's like McGregor. McGregor's got his whiskey on the mat. I'm sure when he comes back, it's gonna be the Irish Forge Stout stuff like that. It's all gonna be there represented. So you know. He's going to be one of those guys that's going to have his name all over a lot of things because he's that big of a star. Yeah, they can take Prime out. Fuck Prime. <laughs> <laughs> this was funny, though. Like I said, he was kind of... His demeanor's so weird. And he just sits there. He was all calm and stuff. He doesn't get crazy. He doesn't start yelling and screaming. But, you know, they were asking him questions in the post-fight press conference, and they're like, hey, you know, how did you feel you did in the first round? A lot of the judges scored the first round for Aljamain Sterling. And, and you know, how do you feel about that? Do you think you were trending to to win the fight by decision if it would have kept going? And he goes, they, he, he said something like, oh, they, they scored it for the first round for him. And they're like, yeah, he's all, what about the second round? How did they score that? Which is pretty funny <laughs> because he knocked him out in the second round. So, I mean, he's got quirky little shit, you know, like that, that he does that, that everybody likes. It's funny. Like, it takes you a second. Like, you sat there for a second, too. Like, wait, what? I did the same thing. And I was like, oh, shit, this motherfucker. Oh, your, your face was just like. <laughs> yeah, I was like, huh? Wait, what? Oh, shit, this <laughs> asshole. Like, he knocked him out in the second round. That's funny. That is funny. And that's good. Um, But El Jermaine took the took the loss in, in stride, too. He said, I would love to have a rematch. I don't know which ways I'm going to go with things. I would first and foremost love a chance to run that back and just get some definitive answers. And by that, from what I heard him elaborate on that a little bit, and he said that his train he didn't train the way he should have for this fight. He underestimated Sean and that he he just his fighting was flawed this time. And he feels like if it, you know, well, it says here, I felt like the fight could have still kept going, to be honest. I rolled over to try to come back up, and as soon as he stepped in, uh, I was fine. It was just one of those things. I can't be mad at the ref. It is what it is. That's good because he's not talking shit. He's not complaining. He's just like, it is what it is. But he was saying, he was also quoted saying that, because uh, he was looking at going up in weight. 
to 145 and fight uh Volkanovski. And he yeah, and he was like, "Hey, listen, if Sugar did this to me, imagine what Volkanovski would do. I need to go back and 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 to the drawing board and, you know, so it's good. It's good for him. He's he's learning instead of, you know, taking it like a, an asshole. Right. And now think of it too. Honestly, I'm thinking of the opposite end. This is just pure stand-up by Sugar. Now, if he would have fought Volkanovski, who's honestly a really good pound-for-pound pound and wrestler, that would have been a dangerous fight. Oh, yeah. That could have been super dangerous. Volk would have knocked him out cold instead of just yeah. a TKO like it was. Now, I'm not saying Sugar couldn't have knocked him out later and if the fight would have kept going because he did drop him like that. And I, I fully believe that LJM Sterling still would have lost his fight if it would have kept going. But, yeah. I, I, Volkanovski would have caught him like that. It would have been over. LJ would have yeah, been. It would have been game game change, game change. So yeah, I honestly, I like Sterling. I think he has still a lot of potential. He has a lot of life in him. Uh, he just needs a little bit more of a game change, maybe a little bit more harder uh, practice sessions. But I mean, he has a he has a a bright future still. I mean, honestly, and he deserves a rematch. He does deserve the rematch. I think honestly, you give him about six months. Maybe you know, all close to a year, we might get that. We might get some really good uh, prospects out of it. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot to unpack with this division. There's a lot of contenders and and stuff like that. And now that O'Malley's the champ, there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, whether it be you know a long title reign from him or some of the challengers coming up or Eljo coming back and and getting that belt back. Who knows? Either way, it's all fun. Oh, that would be good. intense. Honestly, I hate I hate back and forth. I hate three-way fights, but if Sterling comes back, oh, I, that's well, going to give me a headache. <laughs> uh, uh, Aljamain's coach already said that that the matchmaker asked Eljo if he wanted that immediate rematch, and Eljo said yes. So we'll see. You know, oh, things yeah. change from time to time, but, you know, they can say it yeah, now we'll and see. then change their mind down the road, but we'll see what happens with that. So that's uh, UFC 292, little wrap-up there, recap. It was fun. It was good. Let's move on to some more shit. <laughs> Let's move on to some nonsense real quick before we get back to <laughs> before we hold on. Hold on. I'll, I gotta leave. I, I'm, gonna I'm, a, a, I'm a little I'm thirsty. Take... I might I might need something to drink. <laughs> How the fuck did you get that? <laughs> did you get that? When I got this, when I got this, yes, I went and got that. <laughs> you rap. <laughs> I was like, oh, he got a twisted T. I was like, oh, okay. I was it's like, your, all right. Sh- we're laughing so <laughs> we're laughing so hard because I, I was telling him that we were gonna cover this, you know, this for just a minute. And I know he hates the Paul brothers, absolutely hates them. He hates all this he shit. And he was like, Oh, it's cool, just don't bring any prime out. And I was like, Oh yeah, I was like, what's funny is I actually have some. And I thought he'd catch on because I was like, Oh shit, you know what? That reminds me though, I forgot something. I went out. And I did. I legit did go out there to get a twisted tea, have an extra drink on me, and I came back with the prime. But I didn't say shit. I played it cool because I was I like, I gotta it. bring I it out. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, oh. this is all funny because Logan Paul is fighting again in a boxing match. It's never a professional fight. It's always an exhibition. But he's fighting in the prime card for DAZN. And it's uh, him versus Dylan Dennis, who's a legitimate grappler and Brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu player. Like, I mean, he is legit in jiu-jitsu, but he's a horrible MMA fighter. He is like 2-0 and in MMA, but he hasn't fought anybody of any worth, and he ducks everybody. He's a shitty-ass person. 
and I hate him. But uh, Logan Paul is is proven to be a superstar in the WWE. He did fight Mayweather. I mean, it wasn't like the best fight, especially for how big he is against Mayweather. But Mayweather is a fucking legend in boxing, so you can't blame the dude. Uh, but yeah, he's coming back to box on the same card as KSI is boxing um, Tommy Fury, who you know just got had a win over Jake Paul, and that was a that was a pretty good fight. I mean, I thought Tommy Fury should have done more to Jake Paul, but he didn't. But he still got the win. KSI has been knocking dudes out left and right. Not anybody of any note though. Like like everybody is just. He tries to say people are legit that he's fighting and he's not fighting anybody legit. Tommy Fury is going to be the first legit fighter that he's fought in, in general because at least Jake Paul was fighting legit MMA fighters. KSI hasn't even been fighting legit MMA fighters, but he's been knocking everybody the fuck out. So we'll see what he does against a real fighter in a, in a real match. On the prime card. That's right. Clark loves it. I know he's got a lot to say. <laughs> Just keeping my mouth shut. You can spew the facts. Go Mark ahead. I'll, I'll let you. Mark I'll let you talk about it real quick. Fucking could put that. Well, I take mouth. a drink. This shit is disgusting, bro. I'm not even kidding. This shit is not good. It tastes like shit. <laughs> I, 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 the kids must like it because it's sweet, or the fuck. I don't know. I mean, I would piss in this bottle. The, I've heard it shit. I've heard it shit. I've heard the the carbonation one is pretty good, but. The yeah, I don't know. It's garbage. I don't like it. <laughs> drink Gatorade, kids. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, no. Fuck Gatorade too. I I drink Body Armor. That's better. Uh, I like yeah. Powerade. I like Powerade better than all of them. Actually, I'm over all of that shit. Uh, I I'll drink Body Armor at the most. I don't really drink fucking Gatorade or any. That shit y'all gives me a stomach ache. Maybe I'm just fucking old. But who cares? <laughs> so the reason why I brought this up is because as it says here, there was a press conference. Fucking uh. Oh, shit. I, I pressed the wrong thing. There it is. This is what happened at the press conference. It was fucking chaos. It was insane. But these are all clowns. So I guess we yeah. shouldn't be surprised. Because <laughs> the only... I mean, Tommy Fury... Okay, Tommy Fury is legit. He's a legit professional boxer. Just because he fought Jake Paul doesn't mean he's not legit. But, you know, he is the brother of Tyson Fury, who's a fucking legend in boxing. His dad is a fucking lunatic, though. And that's his dad right there on the right-hand side. You'll see more of him in a second. Um, but yeah, it was absolute chaos. Fucking, it didn't even go on for like 20 minutes before this shit erupted. And basically shut it all down. You had this fucking douchebag, Dildo Dan. I mean, Dylan Danis. <laughs> fucking, I hate this asshole. And, and okay, so he is a good troll. He does troll the shit out of Logan Paul. He's been posting all of Logan Paul's fiance, who's... Nina Agdell or some shit like that. Mm. He's been posting pictures of her all hugged up and kissing on and all of her ex-boyfriends. He's been posting pictures all over Twitter of all of this, or ex, I should say. But uh, he's he's a good troll, but that's because he's a fucking piece of shit. So uh, Joshua Beck says their dad is a beast. He's talking about John Fury. Yeah, you're going to see how much of a beast he is here in a couple minutes. But this fucking... <laughs> douchebag right here he's wearing that stupid hat not only because he's a fucking clown but he's also trolling logan paul here because it looks like the hoodie that logan paul was wearing in the infamous fucking youtube video where he was in the J japanese fucking suicide forest that he got in trouble for i don't know if anybody knows what that is it's pretty old 
But if you paid attention to pop culture back in the day, it was a big thing. Uh, he got a he bunch lost of trouble. a lot of fans over that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah he got a bunch of trouble for it. Lost a bunch of sponsors. It's like one of those early cancellations of somebody. But obviously, he survived because he's still fucking making lots of money. But the, the, he's fighting this douchebag right here. And uh, he actually, Logan Paul trolled himself and made a cake. If you look closely <laughs> at that cake, it's uh, Dylan Dennis laid out. He's got a fucking camel toe. <laughs> So th that part's pretty funny, but yeah, <laughs> I didn't even he, notice that. Honestly. I know he makes a, if you look you can look up more pictures. It's hilarious. But yeah, this is before all the craziness erupted. This is actually part of why it's, it got crazy. Um, but yeah, as, uh, Josh Beck said, <laughs> they're, uh, the Tyson Fury and Tommy Fury's dad is a beast because he does crazy shit like this. He got sick of all the bullshit. He got sick of all the arguing. He jumped up. He started screaming and yelling. He fucking flipped the tables. <laughs> he went absolutely psycho on everybody. Um, dude, and he's tall. He's a yeah, big fucking dude. That's that's where Tyson Fury gets it from, man. Tyson Fury's a big motherfucker, too. And, I mean, he went ape yeah. shit, dude. He was yelling and screaming, saying, I'll beat the fuck out of everybody here. <laughs> he was just <laughs> going nuts. <laughs> he was kicking shit. <laughs> he kicked over tables. Uh, he fucking broke shit. It was it was insane, dude. Fucking chaos. Straight Rocky Four. I will break you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, to Tommy Fury is the one that's fighting, and his dad's always the one causing the fucking crazy ruckus all over the place. Just always making bets for Tommy, and Tommy's like, "Hey, I didn't want to do this. What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy though, man. I, I and I didn't even know this press conference was going on. Um, it just happened to pop up a notification on, on YouTube and I was driving, uh, for work and I was like, oh shit, this is going to be crazy. So I turned it on and I'm just listening and I'm like, oh my God, I had to go back and watch the whole thing all over again because I was too busy driving. I wanted to, you know, drive correctly and not be watching my phone. So I had to go back and watch it and it was nuts. So I had to, you know, collect all the pictures and show it here and talk about it a little bit. But we did get a couple face-offs. This is, KSI and Tommy Fury are, fucking hate each other. And uh, KSI is one of those guys that'll just do it for the show. But Tommy Fury's like, I'm going to beat the fuck out of this dude. And I'm pretty sure he's going to knock him the fuck out. Tommy Fury was talking the whole time about how KSI is, has nothing on fucking Jake Paul. That Jake Paul's definitely a better boxer. So he beat Jake Paul by decision. He's looking to knock out KSI. I wouldn't mind seeing it. KSI is just a uh, another former Logan Paul shit talking. That's all it is. I, I don't think move. I don't think he has the the skills that Jake Paul has right now when it comes to boxing at all. Um, so I I think he, if anything he's gonna feel Tommy Fury's power and he's gonna start running and 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 he might pull he might be able to fucking make it for a decision, but I I think Tommy's gonna kick the shit out of him. So then we have. Logan Paul and Dylan Dennis do not get along whatsoever. There's really bad blood there, so they didn't face off because they had to separate them. So Logan Paul faced off on with Mike Perry, who is a former UFC fighter. He's now a BKFC bare knuckle champion, and he's actually the backup for this fight against uh, Logan Paul because Dylan Dennis is a pussy-ass motherfucker, and he likes to back out of fights at the last minute. And there's actually a clause in his contract right now that says if he doesn't show up or he cancels the fight for any reason, he owes 
Logan Paul $100,000. So they're trying to make sure that he doesn't back out. But he's a pussy, and he probably will. And if he does, then Mike Perry's going to wreck fucking Logan Paul because Mike Perry is an absolute fucking savage. Go watch his BKFC fights, and you'll know what the fuck I'm talking about. So I mean, I, I look at his arms, and I see that. I'm like, you're, you're not going <laughs> to touch that shit. He is so crazy, and he fucking beats the shit out of people. He wasn't, he, his record wasn't great in the UFC because being an, a, a full-out MMA fighter doesn't suit him well, but he definitely can box. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so that's it for that. Moving on, one little thing about Connor. He says, they're not going to let me fight in December, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like I'm being kept from my livelihood, and I've been feeling this for years. He tweeted this out because, you know, he went on his little rant. Um, and this was about him fighting Michael Chandler. There's been things going back and forth about whether or not they were actually going to fight. He went on social media and said this. But then, of course, the pussy, and he probably won't show up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and... <laughs> Joshua Beck's talking about Dylan Dennis, and we all know this. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement here. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Connor, then he tweeted, December is back on the table. <laughs> so this just <laughs> happened a few days ago. This was literally the next day that he tweeted this. You know, Connor goes on his tweeting rant. It's crazy. He tweets shit, he deletes it, or he tweets a bunch of crazy shit, and then goes back on it. It It is what it is. We'll see. I'm hoping that he that they get together and have this fight in December. It's supposed to be like December 16th, I think. But uh, I do want to see, I do want Connor to get tested. I do just so everyone, either we find out he's doing steroids or, or he's not, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Just shut the fuck up and just get tested. I just want it to happen already. He's going to get an exemption. They're going to let him fight. And nobody's going to say shit. You'll do fucking nothing. That's, <laughs> that's what he's going to say. So, <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, I I don't think they're gonna hold him back. I think they're it's gonna if it happens, it'll be either in December, or it's gonna be early next year. They might push it off a little bit, but it's gonna happen, and they'll let fucking Connor do whatever he wants because that's what they do. He's a cash I mean, cow. He, he yeah, exactly. He brings way too much money. Yeah. So anyway, let's end this up here. Let's get to the fights happening this weekend. This is gonna be a pretty good fight, I believe. But one thing everybody needs to know and remember is that it's happening in Singapore. So Arizona time, the main card is going to start at 5 a.m. <laughs> so that puts the prelim starting at like 3 a.m. So I'm sure everybody's going to have to watch this uh, on their DVR or something. Because I know for me, I'm not getting up that early to watch these fights. But I am getting up early to play golf. So I'll have to be watching it way later in the day. But that's all right. I, I And, you know, it's going to get spoiled on social media and all that bullshit. I don't care because guess what? I always watch the fights a second time anyway. So it'll just be like I was kind of drunk watching them the first time and then I'll watch them again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope Holloway does good. I, I really have high hopes for Holloway to at least, you know, go out there and battle his ass off. Uh, but, you know, the Korean zombie has his name for a reason and he's gotten touched a couple times and not been phased which can be intimidating yeah well and that's the thing he hasn't been doing that well uh as of late as far as the korean zombie goes but i mean max holloway's been a little up and down too so uh let's take a look real quick at the bottom of the card there's a bunch of uh asian fighters of course a bunch of names i can't fucking pronounce 
no no big names really on the bottom until we get to oh jesus there's uh not a whole lot going on in that undercard uh michael olexaychuk versus chidi Njikawani is uh at the top of the pre or second to the last prelim fight uh toshiomi kazama versus garrett armfield there's no big names though happening at the bottom of this card jj aldridge versus uh na leong for a women's featherweight fight down at the bottom but yeah that's about it so the main card is really going to be the one to watch uh a lot of the prelims are going to be kind of no names a little bit uh especially being an international fight so yeah let's it's just get free, into it's a free fight so yeah it's a fight night card it's happening super early it's not happening prime time here so they're not going to stack it too much let's get into the main card though and that starts off with justin toffa versus parker porter and this is a rematch uh for these guys justin toffa got the win before um and this happened uh wait am i wrong what the hell i could have swore they fought before uh i tapa i just fought this year didn't he oh yeah it was in 2023 yeah it was february yeah. february this year yeah and tapa knocked him out yes or exactly yeah. well what's weird is on justin tapa's record it doesn't show what the hell? Okay. Anyway, who cares? Um, <laughs> I knew it was a rematch, though. But, uh, yeah, so Parker Porter's coming back to try to get a win and get that win back from Justin Taffa. But Taffa's a big motherfucker, and he throws heavy hands, and, and he throws big kicks. Uh, he did have, I think he had a fight. This thing is all jacked up because this doesn't even put down the fight for Taffa. It says he's 4-1. That's definitely not right. Anyway. Yeah, Tafa knocked him out in the first round. I know that. I saw yeah. this fight, and Tafa was a beast. I oh, think Tafa's Tafa's last uh, fight was a no contest. I think because he got poked in the eye or some shit. Um, uh, but anyway, I'm yeah, he's a Tafa by knockout right here. I'm going I, for I, another knockout. I think so too because he's got these crazy knees. He he's a he's a big motherfucker, but he can jump. He can throw some flying knees. That's for sure. He likes to knee a lot. He's got heavy hands, but you know Parker Porter's a it's a heavyweight fight. So you know Parker Porter's a big motherfucker too, and he can yeah, throw hands. That, but that but that last and fight, Tafa Tafa just destroyed. Him. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, that uh, was what was it? Uh, it was it in the what round? First it was round. In the first round. Yeah. That was first, first round. round. I remember Holy watching shit. my uh I was watching my son's reaction uh, and he was just like <laughs> <laughs> just, Those are just, just two so two big ass motherfuckers going at it. So, yeah. That one should be fun. Um then we get to the first women's fight on the main card, Aaron Blanchfield versus Talia Santos. This should be good. This is a possible title contention fight here. Aaron Blanchfield is 11 and 1. She's a fucking beast when it comes to wrestling and grappling. And she's coming off a win over a former champion, Jessica Andrade, where she got that submission, rear naked choke in the second round. Um, she beat Molly McCann, too, who is a pretty popular fighter. 
That was a nasty submission uh, by Kimura, actually. We got here. She, when she gets on top of you, she fucking beats the shit out of you, too. So she's got heavy hands, and she's got the submissions. Here's that Kimura, which was nasty on Molly McCann. But yeah, you definitely don't want to go to the ground with her, and you don't want her letting get on top of you because she's going to fuck you up. And she's definitely one of those girls that is been coming up and is ready to get in contention for the title have you seen have yeah, you watched her fight good. before yeah i've seen her i've seen her fight i think the it wasn't the last one it was the second to last one or whatever but she's a good fighter and i like her ground game i like that she goes out there and you know takes things into her own hands and she doesn't play oh let's see what you do no i'm gonna fucking fight my battle and you do whatever you want to do yeah she's definitely one of those uh not outspoken fighter. She just goes in there and lets her performance talk. And, I mean, it's loud. That's for damn I like sure. That. Yeah, I like the non-shit talkers, but they can fight worth the hell. Now, yeah. Santos, Santos, I do know, like you have right here, fucking, she has legs for days. Legs oh, yeah. for days. And those muscles are fucking stacked. Yeah, those kicks are no joke. This is her against Molly McCann here as well. Um... But yeah, she's got those kicks because of her long ass legs. She's muscular as shit. Um, and she's got good submissions as well. She almost submitted fucking uh Valentina Shevchenko when she fought her uh in a split decision loss. So I mean she gave her a good fight. It wasn't just a dominating win for Shevchenko, which is what she does to everybody else. So And that's impressive. That was impressive. Yeah, definitely. So Blanchfield has her work cut out for her, but um, I think it'll be a pretty exciting fight. Yeah, I got, uh, I am, do, just so you know, I am doing a live bet right now. So I do have Blanchfield for the win. I'm just going to go straight up on that one. Okay. All right. And it, who did you, you went for Tafa by knockout in the oh, first one, right? Oh, Tafa, Tafa by knockout for sure. Yeah, for that's sure. probably a good bet. <laughs> that's probably a good bet. <laughs> All right, now we got one of the lesser known guys here. We got R Rinya. Nakamura. 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 Yeah. Versus Fernie Garcia. So, yeah, I don't know either one of these guys very well. Um, Nakamura, though, I mean, I guess he's uh, rode to the UFC, which was an Asian, like, kind of ultimate fighter type show um, that they do. I don't follow it very much because it's just too much else going on. So, but I guess he did well in that show and, and had a lot of decent fights. He's he's undefeated, 7-0 and in MMA. Um, and I believe uh this will be his second fight second actual ufc fight so, so right now nakamura is favored by 950 damn yeah Fernand garcia is 10 and 3 but i think he's only had yeah he's only had two fights in ufc and he's 0 and 2 so he's on a two fight losing streak right now he's from dana white's contender series um where obviously he wanted to get into the the UFC, but yeah, he he does not have a good record right now. Both his losses are by unanimous decision, though, so it's not like he's getting wrecked out there. But still, that would be why Nakamura right. is such a favorite. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's not. I can't even put that in my parlay because it's like I was going to say a dollar. I'm going to say <laughs> you literally going to add a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like you either leave that one alone or you got to go with the the favorite on that one yeah all right moving on we got giga chikadze versus alex caceres 
Um, this should be pretty good because Caceres is like one of those sneaky fighters where his record doesn't show that he's like that great, but he's a, he is a really good, well-rounded fighter. He's got really good strikes, and uh, he surprises people every once in a while, but Iga Chikate is a fucking beast. Um, he's got great striking. He, he's kind of got every, a little bit of everything. Um, he's he's very he's a very technical fighter, very technical. Right, and and his last he, he was coming off a loss. It was by unanimous decision to Kelvin Cater, who's no joke. But he has wins over Edson Barbosa, Cub Swanton, and Jimmy Rivera or Erwin Rivera. Sorry, I thought that was Jimmy Rivera. Anyway, he's got a couple big wins off a couple names. Um, you know, fourteen and three, not bad. He's definitely one of those up and coming guys you need to look out for. Uh, but then we got Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy, because he used to come out in that little yellow jumpsuit, which is pretty funny. That crazy ass hair though, that fro is insane. I don't know how he fights no, with that shit. He wish he was Ender the Dragon. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I mean, he's on a two fight win streak right now with two wins, a win against Julian Arosa and Daniel Pineda. So, I mean, well, he's coming what was the knockout, wins. wasn't it? Yeah, TKO against Julian Arosa. Uh, that was a couple fights ago in 2022. But yeah, I mean, he's got yeah. really good striking. And, uh, you know, for the most part, he's winning. Uh, he's got a bunch of submissions, too. So you can kind of take a stab at what the fuck he's going to win by. But I don't know. Against Giga Chikadze, that's a tough fight for him. He's not really known to do well against the really big names. So... That's yeah, a tough one. I have, I have, I have Giga. I'm just gonna go straight up on that one. Yeah, that's not a bad. That's not a bad one. I'm, is he favorite too? Giga's the favorite. Uh, yeah, Giga's favorite right now. It's negative two fifty, and then Alex is uh, plus one ninety five. Oh, okay, so it's not too big. No. All right, so then we got Alex Smith versus Ryan Spann, which I believe this is a rematch as well. Um, Anthony Lionheart Smith, though, is on a two-fight losing streak. Uh, yeah, his last win was against Ryan Spann, so this is a rematch from 2021. Um, they were actually the headliners on that fight night, but he, uh, since then, uh, Anthony Smith has lost to Magomed Ankolaev and Johnny Walker, so it's not like they're small-name guys. He's been, you know, losing to bigger names, but he is on a two-fight losing streak. And then Ryan yeah. Spann, 21 and 8. And he's coming off a loss as well to Nikita Krylov. Who's the favorite in this one? Spann is favored, actually. And yeah. I'm I, I'm a little shocked about it, too, because I like Alex Smith as a fighter. I mean, yeah. he's definitely a go-getter. So it's going to be kind of dangerous. I just feel like he fell off a little bit, and he's been real focused on the, the analyst work that he's been doing, working the desk during the fights for the UFC commentary and all that shit. But, uh, I mean, Ryan Spann's a beast, but I think Alex Smith still has a little bit of fight in him. So, I mean, it shouldn't be a horrible fight, I don't think. I mean, Smith has got a lot of big punches. Um, if he connects with you, he's got a lot of power. And, you know, it, it, he's no joke. He gave El, uh, uh, Gustafson a good fight. You know, he's had some good fights here and there. Just because he's been on a losing skid here doesn't mean that he's not a good fighter. I just think that his focus is a lot kind of all over the place. So it makes it a little bit difficult for him to keep up with the competition these days. But yeah, they they really think uh I looked at this one too. They're really looking at a knockout on this fight. 
And that's kind of, I, I can see it. I could see it happening. But honestly, I think with these two fighters and how big they are, I think it is going to go to a decision, which they, they say going to a decision is plus 450. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's because both these guys are big strikers, but Alex Smith is hard to take out, man. Lovacek Sheriff fucking uh, busted out t multiple teeth, and, Ele and Alex Smith still wouldn't go down. So, yeah, he's got a rock-hard jaw for sure. But Ryan, uh, Ryan Spann is a fucking big motherfucker. He's a beast. He hits hard, and if he gets you to the ground, he's going to fucking hammer fist the shit out of you. <laughs> and he beat yeah. the shit out of uh, Dominic Reyes, who was a you know title. He, he fought John Jones for what a lot of people thought. He beat John Jones back in the day uh, a few years ago. So, I mean, yeah, this is a tough one. Um, but I guess how, what's the, what are the odds on, on span? How, how much ahead so is he? span is negative one thirty two. Smith is plus one Oh eight. Oh yeah. So it's almost a pick up. Yeah. It's, it could go either way. It's flip a coin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully it's a good fight and we get to, yeah, I, I, I'm more event. interested in that one to be honest. Oh really? Yeah, I am. Overall, even over this fight. Yeah, I am. I'll be, I'll be, honestly, I like Spam. I like him. I like how he, he rolls with the punches and he's very aggressive. He is very aggressive, but I like Smith. And like I said, Smith has a rock, that rock hard jaw. So it's going to be an interesting fight. I may wake up early just to find this one. I really will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now we get to the main event. This is Max Holloway versus a Korean zombie. Uh, Chan Sung Jung, I think is the actual name. Hold on. What are the odds on this one, though? So, for the main card event, Max Holloway is favored. It's Chan Sung Jung. Yep. Chan Sung Jung. Okay. Uh, favored by how much, though? Uh, he's favored, uh, 950. What? Yep. They had Max Holloway winning. Holy shit. Okay. By uh oof. That's just right. straight up. Wow. Okay. I didn't think it'd be that crazy, but he is coming off that crazy win against Arnold Allen. Uh I mean That's Max good. Holloway is a badass. I he beat the living shit out of uh Ortega. And I mean it that was like that was a a life changer for Ortega in that fight with how many fucking punches he took i mean it showed how how tough he is but holy fuck did max put some work in on him yeah you know, for sure and what did they do here hold on let me see on the fight so i got Tafa by ko giga banfield and i chose the last fight to go by tko i don't know this one's gonna be tough i don't know i think holloway could come away with it but if the korean zombie does good and he has a good game plan uh we could see a decision we could i think that's yeah definitely i mean holloway a high possibility holloway does go to decision a lot but they're always fucking wars you know it, it's right. always a crazy ass war and and everyone's bloody <laughs> but you know uh fucking what do you call it uh the korean zombie though you know he's he's taken some damage he, against like Yair Rodriguez, he took that crazy up elbow that knocked him the fuck out completely out cold. So I mean, 
He's been knocked out real bad before. I don't think Max Holloway's ever be. I don't. I don't even know if he's really been knocked down before, but that's probably why Holloway is such a big favorite in this one. But you know, the Korean Zombie's got some striking that you need to be careful of as well. Uh, and 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 sometimes Max Holloway gets a little careless and a little reckless out there. So I do think Holloway knows that there's something on the line here. So I think he is going to have a better game plan. At least I hope, because he has been a little bit loose uh, in some of his past fights that we've had recently. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Well, and then he's also got the, uh, the Hawaii thing going on too. Like I saw him in an interview talking about how he always goes into his, into the fight with Hawaii on his back, but it's even more so this time. And he got super emotional about, about everything going on. And, and, you know, how he feels for all of his family out there and, and stuff like that with, with the natural disaster, or whatever actually happened out there, all those fires. But, uh, you know, it took out so much shit out there and there's so many people hurting and so many people dead from all of that. So he got very emotional talking about it. So I think he's got, uh, you know, some fire under him for this one. And coming off that crazy win against Arnold Allen, I think the Korean zombie might have some problems here, <laughs> but yeah, definitely could be. I mean, I'll, I'll talk, I can talk about the, the, my fire, my, myself is, you know, it's close to my family. My parents go there all the time. Uh, they go at least twice a year for, you know, months at a time. It's that, uh, you know, Lahaina, the, the, the mainland that got burned in Maui. That's, it was devastating. It was yeah. crazy. There was, there was a, a tree I don't know if you knew about this, the big rubber tree that is there. It's still standing, believe it or not. It made it past the fire. Um, they say there's potentially, you know, room for it to to grow back and to at least survive the fire, which is pretty intense. But there's just so much history down there yeah. that just went up in smoke. It's just, oh, it is devastating. It really is because there was a lot of culture down there. Yeah. yeah, that shit sucks, man. It's super hard to see all the videos that I've seen and stuff like that. And it's tough, man. It's tough. And it sucks. Cause it's like, what can you do? You know, it's like, right. Exactly. All the controversy around it and all that shit. I just hope that everybody is able to, everybody that survived is able to be okay and get their lives back together. Absolutely. Uh, so Max was going to be out there with it, with, with something to, to fight for, you know, he's got that on his head and hopefully it, it fuels him and doesn't, you know, hinder him in this fight. But, Korean Zombies, the first ever twister in the UFC. So when it comes down to the ground, he, uh, Max Holloway's got to be careful of that one. But this should be a good uh, fight dangerous. and a, a good main card overall, I think. Um, the, the undercards fights aren't so much, but it is what it is. You know, that's that's what you get with these kind of cards. But it should be fun, and I'll be watching it later in the day. So. Oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be good. I I uh, what did I pick right here? So I have Holloway going the distance. I okay. chose that one. So we'll see. Not a bad not a bad pick. All yeah. right, well shit, that about does it for that. And you know, don't forget that that fight is early in the morning Saturday, five a.m. for the main card, three a.m. I believe something like that for the prelims. That's pretty it's early. Early enough for breakfast, but still early enough to drink a beer. <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> yeah so that wraps it up for us man i appreciate you jumping on we went long but we had a lot to talk about and i think it was fun absolutely so, it was a good time thanks for yeah. having me thanks everybody who was in the chat josh beck manny um 
forgot who else. David Fernandez. David Fernandez. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining in and, and chatting it up with us. We appreciate all the support and, and watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you haven't already. Tell a friend. Share with somebody. Uh, Yeah, tell somebody to come check it out. I know it's a long podcast, but hey, break it up into sections. I'm, I'm going to try to start clipping things out so people can come back and watch little shorts of it or something like that. Um, But yeah, you can watch it over a couple days or something. But uh, I know two hours is a long time, but it is what it is. We did it. If that if that prime one becomes a real, make sure you fucking. <laughs> hey man, listen, I gotta get out of here because I'm pretty fucking thirsty. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> I, I almost spit that out. It's so gross. <laughs> it's grape. Oh, oh, such a gross flavor. Oh man, um, I like grape shit too. That's why I picked it. It's fucking gross. Let's stick with the twisted tea. That's what you. That's what you fucking get. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again bro i appreciate you much love yeah, anytime. thanks again Cheers. love you man love you too bro we're out of here don't forget to check it out next weekend go follow clark on all his social media if you want to i guess he's interesting let's go <laughs> <laughs> i'll make you laugh once in a while <laughs> yeah no and he and and catch him back here sometime soon we'll try to get him back on again soon yeah, we got we gotta get on. We gotta all get on. At yes, once. I me, you, and Patrick. We, need we gotta to just do get it. Get it done for sure. Absolutely. Last time sure. was your fault, so get your shit together. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Patrick. I know. We'll do it soon. Actually, right. we need. You know what we need to do? Uh, let's call it out right now. We need to do a live podcast for the John Jones fight. Even okay. if we're all in the room together, we gotta do it. Oh, you mean like watch it together? Oh shit, that's gonna take yeah. some doing. Okay, we'll see what happens. We'll think about it. Think about <laughs> if it. nothing else, it we'll there. do the podcast before that all together and make sure that that Yeah, I'm happens. calling out Patrick right now or else he's a bitch. <laughs> 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 all right, we're out of here. Take it easy. All right, talk to you guys later. Come Have back next Thursday. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. We'll see you later. Check out all my social media. It's been happening in that corner that way. We're out. Peace. Peace.